kind of in the same, you know, um, same direction. How did you How did you get into that? By the way, did you always have, did you always have a passion for blogging? So, I I liked run, uh, writing, uh -huh. and then I uh, like running led me to writing, and I, I don't know, maybe I can you know, I can tell you now as we as we speak. But yeah, but, I mean, what happens that? Uh, yeah, we're live anyway, so go uh, ahead. we are live. <laughs> yes. oh, okay. Okay. This is raw. We just go. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's cool. Yeah, that, that actually yeah, that should be should be natural. Um, yeah. Look, I uh, writing. So I um, I kind of liked even though English you know, is not my my first language, but I always enjoyed writing. So what happened is that, and I loved running always, but I was kind of an enthusiast, you know, nothing special. So I would run twice a week or so. So then during the pandemic, what happened is that I, I started to run more. So I started like nothing was happening. So I would, um, you know, instead of doing it twice a week, I would do it three times a week and four times a week. And um, and then just started running more and more. And actually there's a, I have a cool story about that. So I, um, I'm trying sometimes I go back it was three years ago actually it was exactly three years ago you know the pandemic year so and I, I'm, I'm trying to remember how I what exactly happened that made me uh, you know run more so what happens that my um, my second son and he was about he's about to turn 16 so he was 13 at the time so it was like a, one of the lazy afternoons and they had no school because everything was shut down and uh, so Natalia my wife and she was like you guys should do something like active, like you know, I mean, no one's doing anything. So. Sounds like the Italian. Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it's like, so I challenged him out of like uh, everyone feeling lazy, and I. Yeah. So I challenged him. Um, I had just started running a little bit more, so I started to feel like, confident, and mm. so I challenged him to like one mile uh, um, race on a local uh, uh, college track. Um, so what happens is that you know he resisted it, and he wasn't excited but at least there was an, an element of fun yes. <laughs> so he you know he said he was okay you know if i win i don't have to uh no no running for the, for the next because like because natalia would make them run as part of their tennis yes. um so he's okay, like if i if i if i win no running for the next two weeks and no reading <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. and i go yeah sure fine I, I'll, I'll beat you anyway so um so we go to this local track um and just you know, not far from, our, from where we live in irvine and you know we go off um like four laps mm -hmm. um and i start off um well and i feel great and then i overtake him maybe um, on the first lap and then <laughs> basically well, to cut the story short like in the middle halfway through i'm like i'm gassed i'm like i'm dying yeah <laughs> so i i choke i exit <laughs> so it was like a epic failure yes. <laughs> i think i think when we were talking on the phone uh, a couple of months ago to kind of catch up because we we were trying to plan this obviously this podcast um and then you were talking about how before you were you weren't big but you weren't in the best of shape and Correct, yeah. you wanted to be a good example for your children that's right and i you know i i did something I, I was never i was a bit overweight i you know i was as i mentioned i liked running but i was kind of mediocre mm. and you know they were doing their things so yeah anyway so you know i i lost that race and it was like you know my I, you call it choking anyway so i i came out of that experience like okay i want to get better mm. uh i mean not because i was upset about losing to my son but it was like one of the it was anyway yeah so i kind of um started running after that and just you know six months later you know you, you, so i lost oh, from april until maybe october of that year i kind of dropped 
30 pounds. I don't know if you remember me. No, 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 I do. And you look amazing right now, brother. You truly do. So, uh, yeah, I lost like a lot of weight and uh, started. So it became a habit, like everyday habit. You know, I would Mm -hmm. just not um, not compromise. I would just do it every day. Um, There's a great, I mean, I see a lot of books you have here. Um, So there's a great, I I don't like self improvement books. I don't either. Because, like, I think they're they're the same. They're the same. And sometimes, you know, they're kind of patronizing. And, like, I always feel like <laughs> no one has life figured out. And, like, people, like, speak as they know everything, but they don't. Yes. But there's a good book called, um, I happened, to, I, I listened to it on one of my road trips called uh, Atomic Habits. Yes. Right behind it. you. It's right up by, behind you on the top floor. Yeah. So yes. it resonated. So, I, I mean, I read it. So basically, you know, the, the idea is very simple. Instead of setting big goals, you just try to do something every day, improve mm. Even if it's even if it's a tiny improvement, make it a habit, and that's kind of my um, yeah my experience with running, running. Yeah, yeah. I feel like when uh with my self help tip is always to tell others is do hard shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Do something difficult, and then that's gonna prolong and make you want to like do something more difficult. And I feel like the when you do the hard things like daily, it just kind of makes things easy. Even if yeah. Even if you do it for a very short period of time. Yes. I mean, I think the guy recommends, like, let's say you want to do, and by the way, that's still, I still don't do them. I, I'm really bad at strength training. I'm like, I hate strength strength yes. training. So he says, like, even if it's two push-ups, start with two, but mm. just you know, just have that sense of doing something for 20 seconds. Yeah. And then you can add a little bit the next day, but don't miss. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, look, I got basically carried away with you know, running and then you know, we started with writing so um i ran my um so i, I like i talked about running but i so i ran my first marathon it was in september of uh 21 so um uh, i was in great shape and it was like i was able to test you know, how much i improved so it was good great experience and so i came after that race i thought well what else can i can I, can I make something similar? So kind of I made running my habit. What else am I, um, what else do I like? Mm. What else? Else? So I started writing. So I, there's a platform called Medium. Um, and basically you can, um, doesn't really cost, you, you pay like five bucks to read everything you want to read and you can write yourself. Um, and I started like writing every day about all kinds of things like random I didn't really have a, a topic so my, my first story was about my marathon mm-hmm. and then I just kept on writing you know family and parenting running health you know, healthy lifestyle current affairs and um, the same exactly the same experience I kind of I kept writing without having any immediate goals in mind mm. I didn't know if people were reading me but turned out well not initially but gradually it kind of picked up so I now have a few thousand followers um, and it's kind of vo- I mean you cannot really make a living un- unless you're really big but they pay you so uh, yeah. you know, if, if enough people read you it's nice you know then like every month to <laughs> get some money in, so. just to type some words right <laughs> yeah well I mean words but also it's kind of you know I think it's for my mental health um, I mean it's just nice routine I'm able to have ideas mm-hmm. to share um, sometimes they're serious sometimes they're kind of very casual yeah not all of my stuff is like high quality, but it's fine. So I kind of yeah, I do it. Just try to do it. Um, did this morning. Um, 
What do you, what is your favorite topic to write about? Because I, I think you, you spoke about running, your family, um, health. What, what's your favorite thing that you enjoy to write about? So I, feel like I have like five or six themes, topics. So. You could bring the closer mic yeah, to you, brother. Yeah, yeah, thank sorry. you. Again, uh, as I mentioned, first time I'm doing it, so yeah. like, <laughs> yes. I'm sure I'll get like. <laughs> you know, I'll be here to remind you. <laughs> Twenty years later, I'll have like reporters, and I'll be <laughs> I'll be perfect at this. But <laughs> um, I did you see that? I don't know. Did you watch uh, Musk um, um, give an interview to a BBC journalist? I saw a uh, bunch. I, I've seen a yeah, something similar. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, so look, I um, I'm not Musk yet, but. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one day. Um, so you look, I running, but also um, not just running, but just generally, I say healthy lifestyle. I mean, running is a big part because it happens to be something I'm passionate about. And I become very good at. Yeah. Um, but it's also related, sort of healthy eating, um, just staying active. Uh, so that's one uh, one topic: parenting. Because I happen to have four kids, and it's uh, and I don't claim to be, I mean, a a, a perfect parent. You know, not at all. In fact, yeah. you know, I struggle a lot with parenting. So good day, ba- good days, bad days. So, but I sort of yeah share my experiences um, uh, of having four kids and how we go through our ups and downs. Um, um, I write if something catches my attention in the news. It can be like random, I mean, totally random things. I can see a politician or an athlete or something that is just in the news and I have an opinion, um, I, I share it. Mm-hmm. So I call it current affairs. Mm-hmm. Um, I write quite a bit about, less so in recent months, but when when the war in Ukraine started, so I'm, I'm Russian um, and, um, uh, and I have a lot of, uh, you know, Ukraine blood in me. My, my mom, so my mom, my mom's parents come from Ukraine. Mm-hmm. So this whole thing was very sort of uh, um, was a shock. So I, I wrote quite a bit on that topic uh, about uh, about a year ago, um, and I continued writing about it, just sharing my emotions and, and thoughts. Does that terrify you? That's it's still current. Is it mean? Is I mean, it's, yeah, it's just surreal. I mean, the way it felt, it, it was shocking when it started, and. You know, more than a year later, it just just still feels unreal that mm. it's just happening. Um, which is like, yeah, I mean, no one could ever certainly. I, I mean, I could never, um, could never imagine it, it could get to this. So um, yeah, it's very, very sad and tragic, and unfortunately, I just does I, I don't see an end to it. So mm. um, um, so yeah, I mean, like it is continuing, and I got my. Um, so when the war started, I my both of my parents they're di- they, they're divorced. They they were in Moscow, and I was able to get my um, my mom out of Russia a couple of weeks after the war started because she was she was raging and you know she was very uh, sad and uh, as I mentioned her and we still have relatives in Ukraine, um, so she just did not feel you know she didn't want to stay in the country that started the war um, and continued it. Um, so yeah, I got her out of Russia and she's with us now in the US. Nice. Um, and, but my dad's still, you know, he has a, he's a, he runs a, a business, so he's still there in Moscow and um, um, so I'm not sure when, you know, we'll reunite, but for now he's there. So, so you, you're, you and your family, you come from business. You guys come like very entrepreneurial, I would say. Cause I mean, when I met you, you had a business. Mm. Yes and no. So my, my dad, he was, you know, I grew up in uh, 
as a kid in Soviet Moscow and there was no concept of entrepreneurship in the Soviet Union because mm. everything was state-owned so uh, however uh, when Russia opened up when the Soviet Union collapsed that was in 91 uh, that's when well, Russia became a market economy like uh, most you know much of the Western world N not in terms of it wasn't the same but mm. it opened up and so uh, everyone was able to many people were able to start their own companies and businesses and um, so yeah my dad was one of the sort of first generation entrepreneurs um, he uh, um, he founded a a meat production company so he um, he went he spent a few months in Germany and for uh, working for a German company and he sold like a local I think they have one um, in the Bay Area, there's a shop in Mountain View, uh, like a German butcher, and mm. kind of they have all kinds of delicacies. And so, anyway, so yeah, he founded a from scratch. He built a business, uh, in production, and some shops and stores and retail. Mm. So I saw him build a business, um, and you know I saw him go through all the all the usual challenges that entrepreneurs go. Um, so yeah, you can say that um, I saw how you know that side of things. Um, but I start, you know, I started my career in a very, very corporate world. So I was in Russia, and then, but I, I went. I in my my teenage years, I spent in England mm. for education. And when I was out of college, um, I started investment banking in, in London with Morgan Stanley, a very renowned American bank. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's as corporate as it gets. So nothing, not much entrepreneurial there. So yeah. you sit in a big office and very nice clothes and <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, did your father give you that kind of like uh i mean did you pick the brain off your brother your father because you were able to see him obviously build a business from the ground up but did you ever pick his brain on it like did he ever catch your interest in starting something of your own someday well i actually joined so what happened is that you know when i was young it was like yes i was observing but it was like i went my own i was able to go my own way and i was so and then um so I spent a few years of working um, uh, for for my for my bank for Morgan Stanley, and then I did my MBA in the U.S. Um, I guess I should mention Harvard. I mean, I shouldn't be modest since I'm. Like uh oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, sometimes I kind of. <laughs> yes. But so what happens? So you know, I came out of Harvard and thinking like, okay, I'm ready to say like the world, <laughs> like there's nothing I can do. <laughs> You know, I can be an exec. I can become a, an executive. I yeah. can become an entrepreneur. I can like um, so. Which actually, like later, I found out well, like doesn't work like that. You, you still, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you still have to like you go through uh, ups and downs, and uh, not everything works out. But anyway, so what? I went back for a bit. Uh, went back to banking, but then at that point, my my dad, um, he felt I was kind of mature and grown up, and he said, "Oh, come help me." Um, uh, with with the business and um, he wanted to he, he didn't want to retire but he had like they had a few the business as any business it, it needs to grow it needs continuously you have to do something about it otherwise you get kind of this competition so yeah he kind of invited me and I thought okay I felt um, you know I want to be an entrepreneur so yeah, I'll, yeah I'll, I'll, I joined um, so I worked with I worked with him for um, well I I wouldn't say with him because he was kind of uh, um, he was working, but he was also like uh, pretty relaxed about it, and he had some some partners and uh, co-founders. Spent a few years doing that, 
it was not a successful experience so i kind of um uh, just a long story but it was like turned out to be more a lot more complicated like you know, at business school you read case studies and you think <laughs> you come and you're gonna f- the sales will grow the marketing will be <laughs> amazing you hire all the right people yeah. <laughs> and you go public and you retire uh, at the age of <laughs> 34 that was my plan <laughs> so yes. sell the business <laughs> yeah so no that didn't happen because like um i was not able to um you know solve some of the problems that business had there was some um some problems at the share of shareholder level some partners were kind of not uh, you know, i don't want to say unfriendly but just like it wasn't um it wasn't just a nice family story okay my that's you know, my father and i building so there were some some complications on that on that front so it was just not it was a turbulent experience um uh, a great experience nonetheless because i was kind of able to learn things you know in a real the way they work in a very sort of operational way i mean as as a meat production factory i mean from banking and sitting in a nice office I was like, in this like blood, <laughs> big <flowing>. transition, <laughs> animals being slaughtered. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I, I, in that, I take pride in that. I was like, it was a bit of a risk. So, I mean, it was, a, it was a, I think, being able to to make that change um, was nice because it kind of, and it's still part of my identity. I mean, I, I like sometimes doing things kind of out of the blue that not, you know new things and take risks sometimes they don't always it doesn't always pay off but um anyway so yeah i spent a few years working you know good to your question so um i basically i was able to see and feel and do what he does and um so it's it was painful and it was interesting and a lot of lessons learned um yeah and then eventually that was back in moscow in you know like 20 almost 15 years ago and then um yeah, at some point we felt we loved our time um, when I was doing my MBA. I only had we only had one kid then, so we always had, in the back of my mind we always wanted to end up here in the U.S. because we loved the country and always felt it was welcoming and uh, enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I kind of um, uh, things worked out. I, I was able to get a job in Silicon Valley, um, but then the entrepreneurial itch was still in me. So I, yeah. uh, and that's how we met. So I. <laughs> Um, you know, we had that, uh, so with four kids and like into kind of sports. Um, so we had, we got involved in that after school. Um, I don't think it's, it's no longer around. I checked. So it was like a youth fitness center in the Bay Area. So Damn we, shame. <laughs> right. I mean, I think the pandemic killed it. Um, yeah. um, but yeah, so yeah, look, I always grab it. Basically I, um, have a mix of corporate career but also always once you try something uh, entrepreneurial mm. you always have that itch so yeah. um but it's challenging especially when you when you have a family so that's what i found there's a, I, I guess that's my biggest challenge yeah what i what i understand about even like what i've learned from corporate and then taking on to like entrepreneurship is systems um because when people want to start their own business they want to start their own thing uh they don't have systems behind it and then when you work corporate there are systems there's a time to clock in there's a there's your lunch uh there's things that you have to do on a day-to-day basis there's a system involved and then when people want to start their own thing they just automatically sit at a desk they got all their equipment they're like where's the money that's right you know what i mean you need a system and if you don't have a system you technically have a job you know what i mean so when you have a system involved everything just flows and gets, I mean, obviously there's going to be challenges on the way, but 
it's essential to have those. You can't just invest in a clothing and then put a logo on there and be like, oh, this is going to sell so much. No, 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 no. You have to build that up somehow. I don't know anything about the clothing company, but there's systems that need to be in place, especially in entrepreneurship when you want to start something yourself. But people don't take that into note. And that's something that I've learned where I just... I think that's why I've read a lot and that's why I picked the brains off people who who have been in the game and learned lessons the hard way uh, and it's always going to be hard. I mean, me involved in the media space, the fitness space and the every like all the things that I'm venturing off to, it's difficult. I know like what you're doing right now. I mean, I you know, it looks <laughs> probably once it's done, it looks natural and easy, but yes. there's probably hundreds of small things and I can't even imagine like you know, like you know uh, that you have a laptop and two again it looks all the easy, plugs the but lights there's so the many small nuances yes. behind it and, yeah. and, and that's the thing like people who have podcasts like you know uh, say Jimmy Fallon you know who that is like a course, TV yeah. talk show okay if he was by himself they were, they were actually going to they were talking I heard this uh, somebody talking about this like he could not do it on himself he needs 12 other people to handle all this set and when the green light's like go but there is no you, you're here and there's no team involved so especially something that i've learned like while you're in silicon valley you have to be able to do the work of 10 people That's you right. have to have 10 or more skills so like me having my own podcast i'm the host i'm the the director i'm the producer i'm the editor i'm the audio guy i'm the camera guy like i'm the lighting guy like you have to be you have to have the skills of 10 or more people and then when a team does come involved you're able to train them accordingly and make sure everything is accurate because if you don't know how to do the job yourself how are you going to be able to teach it to others right i guess the good thing is that yeah i mean i totally understand and agree um i guess the good thing is that these days i think there's a, this trend of they call it solo preneur there's so many good technical tools in terms of like software yeah that um uh, you're able to you know do yourself i mean it doesn't make things immediately easier but still you know you're able to uh, many functions you can um so many you know, apps and um programs you can um you can do it yourself but yeah you still it's a lot of work yeah what's the hardest thing about business in your experience oh you know i have a very uh, um and I wrote about it on Medium several times. For me, the biggest challenge in hindsight, and it still remains, like, like I, I love entrepreneurship and I, I can always, I always have ideas and I'm ready to, like, no, even if I fail, it doesn't really bother me. I can I can start over again and try other, other things. So, but, um, so it's the balance between my appetite for risk taking and this, what I call entrepreneurial itch, and having a uh, a family, and in my case, it's a large family. I had we had two kids, and I had and then we had twins, so we ended up with four kids. So there are like if I you know, if I which is a stupid if, but if I were on my own, like I could go broke and sleep wherever, I wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. Like, but you cannot afford that level of risk taking when you have other people relying on you. Uh, you know uh, for stability for you know for income for just having 
you know, peaceful, relatively stable life, and they also have their own ambitions and pro, you know, projects and undertakings. So it's just very hard to, I guess, when you're younger and um, it's a little, it should be probably easier because you have less people um, to worry about. Although I guess in every situation, you, know, you have probably parents and siblings. Are probably, I'm probably exactly, you know, it's always like at every age it's probably an issue but that's what nonetheless i think that's that's been a finding that balance between okay i want to try this i want to build a business so if you want to do this almost necessarily you will face hardships of some kind you know maybe there's a cycle and the business doesn't do well or maybe it doesn't take off in the first place or whatever um and how do you having enough uh planning for those hardships for those um bad days you have to plan them even when you're on your own but when you have a family you really have to have that you know runway you know financial runway mental runway so if things don't go to plan you have well this actually this is one of my and i still struggle you know with that question they say you should not have a you should go all in you should have plan b so I forget now. Someone famous said that, like, if you have a, Arnold, if you have Plan Arnold, B, or Arnold, I, Arnold if did. you have Plan B, you're destined to fail. Mm-hmm. I disagree with that. I do too. Because I mean, I sometimes, too. like, things don't work. I, yeah, I think you. you uh, I think it's an exaggeration. Um, ideally, yes, it's a nice kind of you know. It's a self help. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, look, sometimes if your Plan A fails and you're nowhere, it's it's it can be disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I think. Um, it's still possible to go not all in but like, do a lot of hard work and yet have um, some kind of a plan B so I think when you know these days if people are able to let's say you're working you have a job um, and it doesn't matter which job you know, it can be a corporate job it can be what, what you're doing right now and I think if you have an idea for something else if there is a way to start slowly on, on the side test it do it by all means yeah. like, don't risk at all um but at the same time look it's it's difficult because like let's say sometimes you like you, like to contradict myself so let's say you're building a some kind of a tech startup and you need money from investors so you go to them and they'll tell you well unless you're fully committed uh, unless this is your only undertaking i will give you but this has to be your only full-time job. Mm-hmm. So in that case, you're kind of you know you're back to squares. You're like you know you're back to that question. And yeah. but that's yeah that's been the hardest thing for me. The, the, the problem, the challenge of balancing you know risk taking and just sort of, but also um, honoring you know taking care of your family and just you know having some minimum stability and not going all in. Yeah. And I feel like that's uh, like I, I have no children and I'm not married, but I feel like when I do become that, uh, that will those will be my greatest titles is being a husband and being a father. But um, like you were talking about the risk taking aspect, it's that's what I am doing in my 20s. Um, I've always I've always heard this quote and um, and I live by it every single day. It's like what you do in your 20s will set you up for your 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s, etc. And then my little brother, you know, he's on the he's in the media aspect with me. He's a partner with me. How old is he? Nineteen. So I, I'm telling you, if you stay on the track, man, you're gonna be way good before your thirties. You know what I mean? And he's on that track because, 
for one, he has me as a guide, but it's also because I've already been consistent. I've been in this game for a minute. And then he's able to just step his foot in and I just get to show him the steps. And he's like, oh my God, this is this is pretty fun. It's not that bad. It's yep. good to build. It's good to the risk take and seeing it work. Because I remember I just, when I started this podcast, that it was just like, oh, a thing to have a beautiful conversation with people. Just to laugh, to, to catch up, just to to learn from one another. And then it had turned and then it turned into something. And I had no idea it was gonna become something. And just being consistent with it, posting so many clips, and not just clips, high quality clips. So people are like, Man, this is like a movie. Like, what is this? So give them that wow experience. When the guest comes in and for the audience who's watching, mm-hmm. and they get value if they're listening it, so on and so forth. So just like you how it gradually when you started writing it just started to build up with the audience it's the same thing with this and it's the same thing with all the other things very similar i mean i'm just listening to you know consistency also i mean you, yeah you start off with you don't necessarily have big goals you just start start off doing something trying out doing something consistently and then some at some point when things start you know taking off you start you mentioned quality you, at some point you have like initially like like i wrote I don't I'm not proud I mean some stories were good but now I think more about you start thinking okay is this high quality content yeah. does this provide value um, and so on so yeah it's kind of but this is a gradual process yeah and consistency is literally the magic pill to everything that's it that's right yeah and people miss that like with health I because uh, I have a fitness and nutrition business as well and the one thing that I've recognized from clients is it's not their motivation or their discipline that they lack. It's their patience. They Correct. expect to see it like that. No, you don't. I mean, it's like months and it months. It takes right? time. Like just in anything, when you build a family, when you build a relationship with your wife, when you build the house that you want, to build the business that you want, great things take time, right? That's right. So how could you expect, just like even in the stock market, This I always tell this to my clients too. I'm like, if I, if you were to put a thousand dollars today do you think it's going to grow into a million tomorrow great things take time that's right like put in the time and it'll grow and it'll change and it'll get better but the lack of patience that's a very underrated skill that people need to practice and like my my mother and my family they think uh they say i'm impatient i am in certain aspects when it comes to food <laughs> so so if we're all together with the family right and there's food around i'm just like why do i have to wait four hours to eat a meal you know what i mean if i want to eat i'm gonna go eat so and that aspects there's some aspects i am very impatient but when it comes to business relationships building i am very very patient and especially also when it comes to my health as well it took time for me to mature my body and make it look the way I wanted it to look, it takes time. So when it comes to like aspiring entrepreneurs or solo entrepreneurs or all those other people coming up, it takes time and it takes uncommon sacrifice. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. I think, uh, you know, patience is a, is, is, is a virtue as they say. Um, it's easier said than done because I, um, like I'm patient. I, I've learned to be patient with some things and I, uh, I know exactly the experience because, like, you don't see the results immediately. But at the same time, um, yeah, I mean, sometimes you still want to, I still get 
impatient about a lot of things. Yeah. Um, kids is a great example. I mean, like, I mean, you go through so many um, ups and downs and bad days, um, and it takes not even months. Sometimes it takes years for you to suddenly see, well, wow, they, they now they're mature. Now all those crazy days, you know, when you thought this would be uh, like, you know, they would be like this immature and crazy and yeah. they would never end, but they do end and yeah. they mature. But it's, um, you know, you still in the moment in time, you get impatient and you get, you worry and you, you fight and yeah, so it's kind of. Not easy. What would you uh, What would you pass on to me when I become a father? Are there any lessons that you would pass on to me? <laughs> you know, I, I generally I don't like giving lessons or advice. It's like as I you know, I, I mentioned I don't like self improvement books. And, yeah. And I, I want to be sort of I don't really, I want to be consistent in not be hypocritical. So, but I, but I, I also mean, love. I also just I walk around like a sponge and I love picking the brains off people because like, uh, you have a lot of you carry more experience than me. So I like to pick the brains off people that are, I would say, I like to do say this to people who are better than me. Look, I'm thinking, um, so my, you know, our, our oldest son, he turned 18 uh, on Monday, just a couple of days ago. And um, you know, I'm thinking what advice. Um, it's the same, patience. And I think just maybe sounds strange, but, take it easy so what i sometimes i um i see um i blog and i read other people like blogs and so um i would see someone go crazy well my kid tiktok is taking over the world like i'm so worried like you know mm. and, and i my opinion i mean like every period in time every era has its like vices yes. Yes. so I don't think tick I mean there are risks there are dangers but it's not the end of the world I think you have to you know there are some boundaries and you have to kind of be you know you know it's okay to worry but in the grand scheme of things do not worry I mean just be a good you know good parent spend time with your kids keep them busy um, keep them active uh, they will still get exposed to things whether you want it or not. I mean, yeah. you cannot, I mean, you can, in this day and age, it's, it's so hard to, you know, you cannot put a fence or, um, so just, I guess just strangely enough, it's take, take it easy. So yeah. I don't stress too much because, you know, they, um, it's just life with all this intensity and ups and downs and some things, bad things pass and they grow up. Um, so don't stress, don't stress too much. That's my advice. Yeah. So, I mean, I that's what I hear most about parents like they are stressing it's it's almost kind of rare even when you speak because the most parents that I speak uh, to they are freaking out <laughs> so when I hear you speak it's almost like uh, stoic no I feel very strongly about it I meaning um, I um, like there's concept of you know helicopter parents like this is not like I really dislike it like now that's not to say I don't worry or but I think like I see a lot of parents just overprotective and just like and sometimes I um, you go to a well it's either being overprotective and sometimes it's, it's crazy you go to a like my, my kids play you know competitive sports and so let's say you go to a soccer match or a tennis match 
and then the level of emotion is just like <laughs> it's like a zoo <laughs> it's like, like, sometimes I just want there, there was several times <laughs> so once there were I, I uh, there was I mean, I, I saw like real fights between parents yeah. and mom. Like, p- the police came and had to take. <laughs> you would think it's like you know Wimbledon taking place or like <laughs> the NBA finals, <laughs> but I mean, parents get so emotional and so competitive and so invested. And I sometimes you know you look and I learned to uh, kind of take a step back and be a little bit. I'm, I want my kids to win, and mm-hmm. I get upset. You know, I worry about them sometimes. They, you know, they they lose and they have a bad day and they get stressed out. But still, I mean, it's like it's take it seriously, but not too seriously. So. Mm, yeah. Do Do you agree with this? Um, uh, especially for children when they're given participation trophies, that it hinders their character. Uh, can you elaborate? So when we say participation trophies, what do so you? So meaning there is no winner and there is no loser. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody wins. Hey, everybody's a winner. They don't. They don't learn the lessons of losing or winning. I think. Uh, I'm thinking, I mean, in general, you know, I go, as I mentioned, so my, my, my kids, the, you know, pretty, the tennis is pretty serious and, mm. you know, my, my old son runs and I, I now run pretty seriously. I mean, I, I, I mean, I win my, in my age group and so I think uh, the experience of winning is great and the experience, the experience of losing is a must have as well. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, I mean, it depends. So, I guess it depends on what goal you're pursuing. If you're just kind of, I mean, if you're in, if you're to any extent serious, um, and by serious, I don't mean like you're trying to become a pro athlete, but in general, well, uh, the other day I saw this, uh, you know, going back to self improvement, like the right, <laughs> let your kids fail, and yes. I loved it because yes. I think like um, I saw my kids fail on multiple occasions. Um, in sports, you know, they thought they were good, and they go uh, whether it's running a race uh, or um, a tennis match, and they, out of nowhere, I mean, they experience like meltdown, mm-hmm. um, and it's disappointing for them, uh, for you know, for us, but you must go through the exp- the pain of losing. So I, I guess I'm probably on the side of I don't like like uh, like I'm a little bit more. Um, what's the word uh, hard on my kids especially when it comes to sports mm-hmm. I mean sometimes you lose and you have to lose and there's no escape from it um, so probably yeah I mean uh, but it's but, but at the same time look with some things um, you sh- sometimes you still have to take it easy yeah so, yeah guess. and like for me I, I feel like uh, losses they've always taught me more than the wins did that's why it's always uh, it's kind of strange now where it's like you almost learn to embrace failure now so because it gives you like that weird lesson you know it's a cliche thing to say but it's, it's so important i mean right? I, what, yeah i mean like everyone says like failure failure is, <laughs> failure is good like everyone is familiar with that concept yes but it is actually important i mean i i i, I know that's what i found and it, it gives you um you learn lessons but also makes you stronger because you like you don't give a shit yeah like, but it, like next time you have, but it's like, also yeah. like you learn to fail better right it's like even like going forward, like I've I feel like I failed publicly so much, especially as a pro fighter. I got humiliated by another grown man in front of my friends and family. That's the most embarrassing that's extreme. thing. I mean, like, that's Very extreme. extreme. It, it gets but it, it taught me how to fail better because like all this other stuff that happens, it's almost like, okay, yeah, I'll figure it out. It's just like anything else. So 
uh, even like when events happen, unexpected events, you just kind of have to be prepared for it. Like say family, friends, uh, etc. You know, because those days will come. But how are you going to handle that? You know, that's right. Yeah. But I just the, the what I'm saying now is that the kids being grown up and being getting pro, pro, what is it participation trophies mm -hmm. and they don't learn the lesson of losing and winning like you have to earn those wins and the reason why you lost is because maybe you did something wrong or the team did something wrong there you guys have to go back and evaluate but if there's no evaluation need to be done oh we don't need to learn anything because we won no like when you lose reevaluate and go fuck them up next time that's right and you know when you read um um some about some famous athletes some of them are so i mean it's crazy they're so extremely competitive yeah I mean, it's like uh you know i read like kobe Bryant or like was it him oh he's I mean, they, one of like, them let's and say Jordan. they play table tennis like not even their main sport i mean they can they could not lose a game like oh, a silly game of table jordan tennis. Jordan, oh, jordan michael jordan he would uh when they would go golf yeah. the, they would just battle it out just from betting and then michael or jordan would look at them like i'm gonna kill you because they're so competitive, competitive. Yeah. but it's almost like a it's almost like an ego thing too right would you agree with this that ego is necessary at certain points it is but i would argue that it very often it brings more damage yes because we do so many things out of um, and i do there are so many things kind of maybe not directly but subconsciously you do to, to satisfy your ego um, and I think in many situations and sometimes you absolutely you, you're right you need it because uh, you need that you know um, you, you need that competitiveness that anger you know that uh, killer instinct yeah. um, but at the same time sometimes you know you want to do something let's say one example let's say you're having an argument a debate maybe with your wife or maybe with your business partner or whoever and sometimes you want to win you want to win it because you're just like or you want to have the, your last word because your ego is starting you know wants to be satisfied and so i mean that's uh, lately i've been asking myself in many situations you know arguments debates business decisions am i doing this because um this is good let's say for myself for the business or am i doing it to make my ego uh, feel better and if the if it if the answer is the second it's probably not a good motivation it doesn't lead to good so very have to be very careful about that yeah and i don't I want to sound all wise but yeah. no no for sure because like I, I would say kobe bryant and uh, michael jordan and say tom brady and all these great athletes they use their ego for a time when they were competing and it worked so I would say ego is necessary, but just like in that example that you gave, that's where it could be damaging. Ideally in action, not in words. Yes. Sometimes so. like if you, <laughs> that's, the that's the best outcome. You know, your ego is like intact, <laughs> but you don't really engage in you know, cheap, silly debates. You, you, you know, when it comes to being able to you know, show it in action, that's yes. when you, and I, that's when I, I, I watch the NBA and I, I, you know, I, uh, I think some of the like you know, Steph Curry and he's you know, such a nice guy on the one hand. 
I mean, he's like a truly true, true nice guy, probably as nice as, uh, but at the same time, you can just tell he's <laughs> there's such an, you know, animal in him. Yeah, so like I he's, a lot he's of playing like in the court. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know when he's like chewing on his mouthpiece, he's like, I got this. You know what I mean? So it's like that right. little ego is like there. I mean, we all have it, but it's just harnessing it. You know, right, yeah. using it when it's necessary and taking a step back when it's like, hey, I don't want to use it in this area. You know what I mean? That's right, so yeah. just like how you were saying when it comes to are you doing all these ventures that you want to get into? Is it for yourself or is it for your ego? That's something that people need to analyze in themselves because most, especially young people, they do it for their ego or to impress other people. That's right. And also these days, I think social media makes it more problematic because like there's so much pressure to you know show off show off your um whatever achievements partners you know, yeah. vacations <laughs> um and you know i they say i think everyone does it no matter you know no matter the age and if you think about it like who cares like i mean um you know i guess that should not be your uh goal to yeah. share your achievement yes uh, uh, well i mean it's okay again i think it's i think it's okay to share your you know, pride and um sense of achievements uh i'm i'm totally fine with that um but just you know there's just should be a little bit, a bit careful yeah and uh like my content is very like say i'll post a podcast clip or i'll post one of my tweets or post um, some fitness content so on and so forth educational it's to bar provide value it's not to be like guys look at this rolex on my watch look at this like and that's a funny thing too people they they can never expect me that like oh daniel is this lavish life because i'm working constantly i am in my office in my room on my monitors working and i had one of my best friends because she works under me for the fitness and nutrition business she was there with me all day she said i can't do this i don't know how you do this i said see like my life is technically boring, but it works for me as weird as that is like, and I've, I've heard this so many times, like from business owners, from reading and listening to interviews, it's doing the boring things daily because people think they have to do all this sexy shit, right? Oh, everything's got to look so pretty and fancy and all glitter and everything. No, it's the boring stuff that people don't want to do, but it actually works. So that's just me. I turn on my stuff and I'm just either editing, talking to my clients, making content. I am just working. And how is your your nutrition business? It's it? yeah, it's uh that's fun cuz it's I I feel like like that started from posting. Mm -hmm. Just from what I'm eating or how I'm training, what muscle group am I working? It's it just started from posting. Same thing with this like the me posting on my social media created a fitness and nutrition business where per, uh, people wanted value. And I also obviously had experience in it because uh, I was a professional athlete and that whole realm was in weight classes. Mm -hmm. So I had to dial my weight down, but I didn't do it the healthy way. So I make sure I educated myself properly. That way my clients don't have to go through what I did. Mm -hmm. And even with the podcast space, I just did this podcast, obviously, like I told you in the beginning, just to have conversation with people. That was it. I didn't know it was going to make me want to create a media agency. I had no idea. And then even one of my my uh, fifth grade teachers, because I had him on here, 
and people from his town are reaching out like, Hey, we need Daniel's help to do a podcast to set up our stuff or how to edit our things. And he called me. He was like, I remember when you first told me how this was just supposed to be a little fun thing for you to do. Now it turned into something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I know I had no idea doing things and being consistent was going to create things. But that's the beautiful things about this whole life. Consistent is the magic pill with everything. I don't care who you are or what niche base you are in. Just like writing. If you keep doing that, say, two, three, five, six years, it'll pay dividends. It just takes time. And that's the thing that people don't want to do is put in the time. Just like when people start their first YouTube channel. Oh, man, I didn't get any traction. It's really like I only got five views. Then do another one. And they make five and they make 50 and make 120. Like, keep going. Like, why? Just because you don't see traction right away, why should that stop you? Yeah, that was, you know my, what I mean? that was my experience with writing. I mean, like, I wrote to no one for months. I mean, it was like my, you know, my readership was so low. And then, you know, fast forward a year later, I mean, I have like some of my stories, I have like 40,000, you know thousands of reading but but it started off slowly yeah low key the only the challenge is that you know the the consistency advice it it's it's sacred with one caveat so uh, going back to that atomic uh, habits book like what i found is like with running and writing i i was predisposed to those activities in the first place i liked them the question is how do you apply consistency that to something you hate? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess you wouldn't do it in the first place. You wouldn't do something you hate. But there are some things that are kind of, they're in the middle. You don't hate them. You don't like them. But you just have to do them. Yes. Um, like, um, it's it's harder. So, you know what I mean? It's like, I guess you kind of, once you started doing it, were you enjoying it? Absolutely. Because for I was doing it just for me. Like, I train my body because I enjoy training my body. I eat the way I eat because I enjoy the way I eat. I love putting nutrient-dense foods into my body and feeling good. Like people get so confused on how energized I am daily. I'm just like, well, for one, I train my body. I sleep very well. I eat correctly. I have a beautiful environment. I, f I con consistently like educate myself. I'm doing the things that I want to do daily. Therefore, that's why I feel energized every single day. If I was doing the things that I didn't want to do, definitely would feel like shit. And so that's you'd why I struggled with consistency. Absolutely, well. <laughs> for sure. Like yeah. if I didn't like doing this podcast, I wouldn't be consistent with it. Yeah. I would be like half-assing it. Like, nah, I'll put up a uh, episode every other month. No, it's every Monday, no matter what. That's on my bio. Like I never miss a Monday. And if I do miss a Monday, there's a punishment. If I ever miss a Monday, oh, I got to give a, a random subscriber $5,000. Well. Yeah, but that's to hold me accountable. You yeah. know what I mean? So if, if I were to ever miss a Monday, that's my punishment. <laughs> no, it's very similar. Look, I, again, um, I, um, for me, it's for now running and writing. Their hobbies for now, I'm starting to monetize them I don't like the word monetize but you know the amazing thing is that if you do something consistently and you enjoy good things come out and yeah. sometimes you don't even know sometimes it's a direct outcome sometimes someone notices you I mean it's just like uh, good things happen mm -hmm. yeah. um, but it takes time um, 
months and you know years they said well sometimes years i mean i i heard somewhere apparently like two months is a you have to do something at least for two months for it to become a habit i don't yeah. know if it's i doubt there's a rule of thumb i think <laughs> it's like probably some things okay two months are the things is probably you know, more yeah especially with people who like haven't you know getting out of their comfort zone i think that's one of the biggest things too is people just get and they get very intimidated because they see other people doing great things and it kind of pushes them aside where they and that's a that's a thing that i tell uh, other young people is stop watching other great like like sports right we, we all love watching sports but like there's a lot of uh people that are so unhappy with in their position they are right but they're watching other people be great instead of them being great. And that's the thing that needs to be adjusted quickly. That's right. And those who are great now, years ago, they were like, not great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they were rejected. They were shy. They were, like, they had their own struggles. And um, so one, actually, you know, one, one thing that I, like, one thing I, like, I hate, I hate is like public speaking, like, it's like I'm. This is not public speaking. Yes. But it's like this is a conversation, <laughs> this sir. Is a conversation. But you put me <laughs> in front of a crowd, and I'll shit myself <laughs> in my forties. <40s. laughs> you know, Harvard Business School doesn't help. Nothing helps. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just the way I am. You know, I'm kind of in introverted. But um. But I think, I still think it can be changed over time. Um, I don't. I mean, nothing. It can be trained. Um, in in you know. I guess the irony is uh, this is not public speaking and this is just me you know you're in a very friendly setting mm. but it's a tiny step I still try to I love writing I don't like speaking but I'm trying to think you know how do I become better how do I come you know uh, I, I have no intention of becoming a, uh, a celebrity but <laughs> at least I need to make tiny steps towards yes. you know being a little bit more public yeah not for the sake of it but just because um, you know I have things to share ideas so if i want to be good at it sooner or later um i have to be able to speak to people um you know to um, in, in a less friendly setting well so, you said you haven't done this before right but yeah first time but yet it feels natural like it feels yeah, because like you're you such a great, great <laughs> <laughs> moderator <laughs> but but it, it also takes two to tango you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I uh, like say if I was a great host, but my guest wasn't a good conversationalist, that could make for a really bad conversation. So when people always tell me that, like, man, like you made it easy. I'm like, no, 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 no. It takes two to tango because it's two to cooperate. Just like in a relationship slash marriage, it takes two to tango. You can't put all your effort in a, into Natalia and she gives you like what? 20% of her. Like that's, that's right. Yeah. Unacceptable Natalia. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So that's just a thing that that needs to be adjusted. So it's I feel like even going forward when you do these sort of, sort of interviews going forward cuz I know people in your space not only do they write but they definitely do have podcasts. Because yeah. people like to obviously express themselves via words, but they also do like to do it verbally. And I sure. know there's a community of writers and there's also a people community of podcast. But the writers who do the podcast. So just imagine when you're collaborating, collaborating with somebody with, uh, with that app that you guys are using. And then you find out that somebody that you follow and you're very intrigued by has a podcast and then they invite you. And then that becomes a total 
different circle where, oh, they push you to do on somebody else's podcast. And then you're just going from everywhere, 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 giving the word out. And each and every podcast has a different message. You know what right. I mean? It's different. It's not like you're just sure, yeah. giving out the same spiel that you gave out today. No, it's all different. You know what I mean? Just like every thing that you write is different. Because if you were writing the same thing every single time, people wouldn't follow you. Right? Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I um, Yeah, that's why. Uh, well, they say, you know, they say you should have a niche. Sometimes if you do have a niche, you know, you can be very good at something. You can really specialize. But at the same time, you know, every situation is so different every set of circumstances is so different so i think um um yeah every day is different and people are different so yeah uh have you have you gotten into um an opportunity to collab with anybody in that's in that specialty of writing um yes and no so i so it's it's complicated i'm thinking so i'm, I'm trying so i started right look i started writing on uh, sometimes I think of running and writing in like as in conjunction. So I want to be a great runner um, and a great writer. So I I started uh, so I'm, I started with Medium. I now have a couple of additional publications. There's something called Substack. Um, I love that one. Um, again, just starting off, no expectations. Um, but the good thing is that because I'm now. Um, People know me. Some people know me from running. Some people know me, I'm just from net network and I'm medium. So the good thing is I'm able to cross market now. So you write something and you tell people, well, actually, you know, if you like, let's say you write a story in running, and then they say, well, if you if you want to read more about running, I have a separate platform. Or if you want to um, read more about this, I am writing a book, and I am writing a book, by the way. Uh, <laughs> So Let me know so I can buy copies. I don't want one copy. It's I being edited. Like I, I actually submitted a draft to. Um, oh, that's beautiful. Uh, editor, so it'll take some time. Um, it's a, it's a mix of things. It's like coming of age. Um, you know, my, my athletic journey. Kind of like a memoir, and, a little uh, bit. Love story. Yeah. Yeah, it's a memoir. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Beautiful. I don't know. Maybe brother. I'm probably too young to write a memoir. But, <laughs> <laughs> but there, I try to. It's lightweight. I mean, it's kind of you know. Um, so yeah, so I um not really collaborating with someone, but I mean just kind of starting to venture into new platforms and ex you know, uh, but nothing yet of this nature. So mm. um, and that's why I'm doing this because I feel you're right. I mean sooner or later, because these days you have to be you know we we consume we have to listen to people we have to see them. I think podcasts, uh, videos, media in general. If you want to be big in that space. You have to know it. You have to be present um, in some capacity. So, um, yeah, um, I I follow some. You know, I love watching um, some influencers, as, as they call themselves. Uh, sometimes I get bored of them, but it's it's cool. I mean, it's in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't yeah, know if, you, if you follow some people, but I mean, I would say I I look at uh, I consume content to get an idea. I don't consume to the point where it's like it overrides my brain. Like, you know how the kids are doing like that. And that's the thing too. Like a lot of kids, there's more kids consuming than creating. And that's the crazy part for me. Like people that are my age or a little bit older, they're actually creating the content for the kids to watch. And the kids could actually be making some good money. If they really double down, you're like, you know what? Let me be a creator instead of a consumer. 
And that's like the thing that I do, like where it's like, I don't scroll through people's stuff. You know what I mean? Like I, I follow very little people. My Facebook, I, I don't really use it. I post my little, whatever I post on Twitter, I post on my Facebook. I don't really post my uh, podcast content there because Facebook and Instagram is very, you know, deteriorating mm. very, very slowly. Um, but yeah, I just, I just consume content to get an idea. I don't like say have idols when it comes to like say specific content, but there are a lot of phenomenal creators out there that I look at and I'm just like, wow, you guys are making great stuff. And I just kind of look back. I'm like, how could I put my little flavor into it? Sure. You know? And then I, go into my computer, do my work and make my adjustments. And then it just gets better with over time. Like, I mean, they always say that like your first YouTube video sucks. Your first podcast sucks. Your first video sucks. Like your first, everything sucks. But like something that I pass on to my clients, like when that, they want to do media with me, it's like your first video doesn't have to suck, especially when you aren't familiar with it at first. But when you know somebody who actually knows how to set everything up the way it's supposed to look, then it doesn't have to suck. You know, mm -hmm. so give that people that wow experience. But for me, I'm glad I went through like the, the shit phase where it's like, oh, my audio was terrible in the very beginning. The video quality was awful. I'm glad I have that imagery to look back on. I'm like, I can't believe I started like that. And then it's so different now and it's still changing. Like, go ahead. What, do you have like a um, big goal? Are you just like, are you just taking step by step, you know, continue the video? Or do you have like a yeah end, end game i would say i make like quarterly goals uh because i understand like a month can change so now much I'm interviewing you. yeah <laughs> you know but we we learn from okay. each other you know what i mean but i would say i make quarterly goals i always do like i you know when people say what's your 10-year plan i'm like a lot of things can happen in 10 years relax you know what i mean like okay. i went if i were to think say 10 years ago i was my whole life was say fighting i thought i was going to be a world championship fighter that's not the case so things change kind of like i thought i was gonna retire because i would sell my business and exactly and things happen yeah. so i always make quarterly goals i always write things down i always make sure and sometimes they don't get accomplished and that's mm -hmm. okay sometimes they're just like oh man like you know things have to be adjusted or something happens a hiccup or some client you know what I mean? It's always things that have to be adjusted and it's hard because it's something that you created with your bare hands. It's not something that like a job that you just show up to clock in and you're just like, Oh, I'm just here to do what I'm told to do. It's not yeah. like that. When you're doing something, your bare hands, you have to make your system. And if you don't make your system right, your shit will crumble very, very fast. So people need to take a note to that. And then people who work with me, I always give them that. So, and even when they have a podcast, I'm like, oh, do you really want to have a podcast or you just want to be cool? Mm. You know, do you just want to follow that crowd like everybody has a podcast or do you actually want to own that you have one? Because people can tell. People can tell if you're really about it, if you're really not. People can sniff you. They could sniff bullshit, you know? So that's the thing that I just kind of like to pass on along. Where it's like, and you never want to say, oh, I'm going to get back into it. Like, you know, when you first post like your five episodes and then like you take a break, you're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm man, I'm going to get back into it. I just took a break. Yeah. Break? What do you mean break? <laughs> like, I was like, YouTube and any other platform doesn't promote people who take breaks. They promote consistency. And if you're consistent, you'll be rewarded greatly. 
Well, yeah, I mean, they promote plus once you start building your audience, that's what they expect, right? I mean, um, so it's a kind of, you know, self-reinforcing and we keep, we keep going to this topic of consistency. Because that's, being so that's the magic still. pill. That um, is a magic pill, good sir. Well, my brother, we went way over an hour. Did, did it, how did it feel? <laughs> did it feel longer fast, than that? Very easy, very, very lightweight. I mean, I honestly, I, mean, I loved it. So. <laughs> all right, my brother. So my, my very last question to you, I know we were talking about all this self-help shit books and motivational stuff, but this is similar to that, but not really. Uh, my very last question to you, what's the greatest lesson you've ever learned? Um, I know. So there's a, uh, I don't know who, who the author of that quote is, but no, no one knows anything. <laughs> so I love that. I love that saying. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> So uh, I mean a lot of like all of these kind of clever uh, you know motivational quotes. This is my favorite one. No one knows anything because <laughs> no one not no one knows anything. <laughs> yeah, we really don't know shit, right? <laughs> no, but you know I'm I'm being like I'm I'm kidding, but also in the grand scheme of things, um, you know life is so versatile, and you know you mentioned like ten years ago, you know you 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 couldn't imagine what you would be doing now. You had plans and the same goes for me i mean it's like so yeah no one knows anything we don't know anything so you just have to kind of you know do your thing be consistent exactly <laughs> um you know enjoy life uh and, and then um but yeah don't i i, I guess don't get too care not not get too carried away with uh self-improvement <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know advice and oh i mean it's, it's important but you know still yeah are there any closing statements for the podcast good sir uh would love to be back um you can come on as many times as you want um yeah i mean i have so many and i'm sure you know some topics themes ideas i think this is my uh, first experience um again well i'm sure like you know 20 years later when i'm all famous and ultra rich and like you're gonna be smoking cigars leaning back people go look at that like look how (laughs) this dude like (laughs) 20 years is so awkward and so so inexperienced (laughs) but so let's let's hope that will happen yeah no for sure but we will definitely uh do this again and multiple times uh i got a lot of value on this and it was great to catch up after all these years like come on very good it was awesome but brother thank you so much for coming on uh, whenever you're in town, please reach out to me. We'll get together soon. And obviously, we have many projects that we got to work on together. All right. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, thank you so much, brother, job. for coming. Ladies and gentlemen, we are out of here. Goodbye.